Hey folks, I'm Will Jarvis, CEO of ValueBase. Welcome to Assessment Matters, a podcast dedicated to exploring the world of mass appraisal. Whether you are a property appraiser, real estate professional, or just interested in the topic, this podcast will provide you with valuable insight and expert perspectives on the latest trends and developments in the field. Well, Jake, how are you doing this morning? I'm all right. Jake, thanks so much for taking the time. We're here at uh, GIS Valtech uh, 2023 in Las Vegas today. In the booth. In the booth, no less. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. <laughs> well, um, Jake, do you mind giving us a brief bio and some of the big ideas you're interested in? Yeah, so uh, my background, um, had a number of years of experience in the fee world, uh, nice. doing fee appraising, and both on the commercial side and residential side, and then in... Did a brief stint with a um, asset management company doing their um, valuations yeah. and managing those, and then went to manage an AMC that didn't work out, and so uh, ended up applying for a residential manager position in a county in Utah called, in an assessor's office in a county in Utah called Tooele. Nice. Now, don't try to spell it because <laughs> it's not spelled the way it's, or it's not said the way it's spelled, but. Yeah. Um, it's a jurisdiction just west of Salt Lake City. We're like almost the size of New Jersey. So geographically, wow. we're huge. Yeah. Um, we have uh, only 34,000 taxable parcels because we're mostly owned by the federal government. Wow. Uh, BLM uh, is not in the West. It is does not mean what it means in the news That's cycle right now. Yeah. So the Bureau of Land Management owns 82% of my county which makes wow. it not taxable, gotcha. which makes my job easier. A um, couple challenges to my job. So well, I started out as a residential manager, then became the chief deputy, then shifted over to be the commercial appraiser, created that position in-house. We were contracting out before for our commercial valuations. And then uh, three years ago now, ran for county assessor. And gotcha. so it's my first term as county assessor. We're nice. elected position. Um, love my job. Got a great team. Like that makes all the difference. Uh, and I've been able to build that team over the last 10 years. There's only two people in the office that I didn't hire That's directly. Great. So um, we get along really well and have a passionate group of nerds. Love, that love, love what they do. So it's a, it's a great mix. But uh, big picture stuff that I'm interested in, counties have limited resources. Yes. Um, the budget's always a concern. Right. And, and then also uh, inspiring, keeping your employees hungry and keeping right. them like wanting to do better yeah. instead of getting complacent. So I'm really interested in trying to do as much as I can with as little uh, expense as I can. And then also just keeping my employees wanting to excel and learn and do better right. instead of just falling into the, um, well, we're doing it the way we've always done it. Exactly. And, and that's how we're going to continue to do it. So um, yeah, that's cool. That's been cool. involved with IAAO over the years chair of USPAP a couple times. Nice. Um, was involved with a U40 initiative that went nice. on for a little while, but uh, yeah. So that's, that's cool. That's cool. I love that. That's love my it. story. Yeah, that's good. That's good, Jake. I, I'm curious, how do you keep people from getting complacent in this these kinds of contexts? Um, a lot of it is sending them, like the employees that hit their every goal yeah. every year, I tell them we'll send them to at least one conference. Nice. So... Um, that keeps them motivated. Yeah. Like the idea of like, Hey, I get to go to a four day conference and learn and yeah. have fun. Um, and then like making sure they're compensated accurately or 
you know, compensated according to market. So right. most of my team got a 30% raise two years ago. Wow. And holy mackerel, you know, that, that goes a long way. Yeah. That buys you a lot a, of time. A 30% raise is uh, not nothing. No. So yeah. And then just letting them run with their own ideas, like yeah. giving them ownership over their stuff. So in my right. office, we don't have, because it's a small office, like the people build from the ground up. So they're doing the cost approach from the ground up every year. Oh, wow. So they're actually doing the whole valuation process. Really? And giving them ownership and starting with the land value every yeah. year and then building up and we value every parcel every year. So them understanding the big picture, a lot of times in the offices, you know, they have one job. Yeah. They don't, they don't care to understand the big picture because yeah. it's not going to help them with their job. But because right. the way we have our office set up um, just gives them uh, accountability and they right. have to have the expertise. Yeah. They can't get by off not knowing how to exactly. create a land guide and right. moving from the ground up. So it's fun and they're excited to learn. You know, most, most people don't ever get to build an effective age table. Um, right. in their office because they're stuck doing something. That's a manager's job. Yeah. yeah. And so they get stuck in, you know, measuring buildings or stuff. Yeah. Yeah. Just simple stuff that, you know, gets tedious after five years. Yeah, exactly. Seven years, 10 years, 15 years. So, um, yeah, we've kind of done it. That makes sense. That makes a lot of sense. Um, I'm curious, one of the things uh, you have a lot of good insights into and you things you just mentioned, I question uh, that. You, <laughs> no, I think you know a lot. Um, so land values, land valuation. Yeah. Um, one thing that we've encountered that is very difficult is getting uh, commercial land values when they're, you know, oftentimes very few sales, very little yeah. signal to extract. How do you think about going about that? And what advice do you have? So Utah is a particularly difficult place to do assessment because we're a non-disclosure state. Gotcha. And then with the cells we do get are yeah. proprietary information. So we then can't show the public outside of a hearing. Yeah. These are the cells that we've based off yours, yeah. based your value off of. So everybody comes into us extremely skeptical. Yes, yes. The laws kind of put us in a corner. Yeah. So um, as far as commercial land valuations go, yeah, we get very few cells yeah. year after year. We have access to the MLS on the residential side. So we get a ton of residential data. Well, like about 2,000 cells a year, so yeah. enough to right. build a model and yeah. do those kind of things. But on the commercial realm, you know, this is an exceptional year, and I think I have four commercial land cells. Man, jeez. Out of 34,000 parcels. Jeez, yeah. So, you know, you have to build a model. Uh, a model's a stretch of a term, but you have to you have to start drawing inferences from past year cells. Yeah and project those values into other areas yeah. you know say i get a cell in the industrial depot which is an old army depot that they've yeah. now converted into this industrial park gotcha. there's some buildings that are post that are world war ii era like post world war ii and then there's some brand new building like yeah. carvana just built this like 400 acre wow like megaplex out there yep, yep, yep. and you know, 16 buildings and all these asphalt. And yep. so we'll have brand new stuff right next to these uh, old warehouses with only 12 foot clearances between beams. So yeah. it limits their use. Um, and then there's still a lot of vacant land out there. But let's say I have a vacant land from vacant land cell from three, four years ago right. out there. Yeah. So I'll, I'll look at that and then I'll look at the improvement cell. Yeah. From that same year. Hopefully gotcha. I have an improvement cell from that same yeah. year. And then, then this year, 
I don't have a vacant land sale out there, but I have an improvement land sale out I there. See. So I'll, I'll, you know, study the market between that year and this year on the improvement sale. Yes. And then kind of allocate a certain amount of value to the land. Gotcha. And then and then calculate a percentage off of that and go forward with it. Makes sense. The one advantage I do have is once they start an appeal. So if let's say I set a value that ends up being up in the night. Yeah. Um, I do have the power to subpoena after an appeal. And so once they file an appeal, I can get more documents from them. And I I don't like to smoke out taxpayers. I don't like to just raise values arbitrarily and then, you know, get the data later and fix it in the board of equalization. But I I avoid most of that by, you know, having a logic to my increase. And once I sit down with the property owners, they usually understand what I'm doing yeah. And then they back off because because of being a non-disclosure state, a lot of times I'm still low gotcha. Like on um, right. what the market actually is. But we push it as much as we can because the way our tax structure is set up, if we don't push it, the values shift to the, re- the tax burden shifts to the residential side. And we, I see. we can set an accurate value on the residential side. Right. And so it's unfair to the residential taxpayers if I don't, you know, do as much as I can to push the commercial, exactly, exactly. commercial side. So yeah, I'm actually teaching a class in Salt Lake on this um, on this method, uh, how how I come up with values without sales, and whether that's vacant agricultural land, which we have a ton of, yeah. you know, being as large as we right, right. we are, or whether that's commercial vacant land sales, or even you know multifamily sales in the middle of nowhere. Yes, we'll have a duplex in a town of you know. 35 houses. Right, right, right. And like, like, how do I value that when their rents, they're renting to their niece and nephew. Yes, yes. So it's not a market rent. Yeah. So how do I do that? And I, I follow a sim- similar method gotcha. and do it that way. And I find a lot of assessors, this is an accidental profession. Like nobody grew up saying, I want to be an assessor when I grow up. And so a lot of people fall into it and then don't necessarily have the fee appraisal background or have... have just have the worldview of like, how can I solve this problem right. um, in a way that's never been solved before in my office? A lot yes. of counties, including in Utah, will just leave. If they don't have a sell that year, they'll say, well, we don't have a sell, so we won't increase the assessments. Yeah. And if you do that year after year after year, you're, you're really behind. Yeah, you're going to be far, far behind. And then when that's you right. do have a sell, you're going to have a 300% increase. Yeah, it's like, woof. So, then you're going to have trouble. Yeah. So trying to avoid that is, is, is sounds important. Yeah. So, so a lot of it seems to be trying to extrapolate from similar properties as close as you can get. Yeah. End of the day. Gotcha. Gotcha. Yeah. That's the best way to do it. That makes sense. That makes sense. Um, Jake, I, I'm curious. So long-term, uh, where do you think the field is going from here? Do you have any predictions? I think the assessment field is a lot more exciting. It has a lot more of a future than the fee appraisal side of things. Oh, yeah? Yeah, Say I, think, more. <laughs> I think the fee appraisers are seeing the end of end of the road. Oh, yeah? Yeah, just the regulations and changes that are coming down there. Um, I think we're going to see that dwindle down to very few appraisals needed for residential transactions in gotcha. particular. Um, but the assessment field is exciting. Uh, it's switching what me and a couple of assessors from Utah are trying to sit down and map out the future as we see it and the needs of the office. Because in the past, you know, we've had all these, we've wanted to have appraisers. And in Utah, we have licensed appraisers. So yes. it's the same license that you get for a fee appraising side Oh wow! in the state of Utah. Yeah. And so a lot of the training has nothing to do with mass appraisal. Gotcha. So then you end up getting into mass appraisal and having to train them on that side of things. But 
you know, I, I think the, the future of assessing offices is more on the side of data collectors, having a smart, in, you know, inquisitive, curious appraiser yeah. in the office and then working through GIS and with statistical models. Yeah. Like that's the future of, of assessing and, I, and that's the future of assessing in all sizes of counties. Yeah. You know, it's the small counties have often, and I'm, I'm a pretty small county relatively, yeah. you know, population of 80,000. So 35,000 parcels, it's not a lot of parcels, but, and everybody in the past was like, well, we don't have enough cells to model. Well, that's not true. Right. We have almost 2,000 cells a year. Yeah. After we clean them, we have about 1,500 a year. Yeah. That's enough data to, to yeah. build a really reliable model in yeah. your population center. So I think uh, it's exciting. We just have to have the right people in leadership positions that will pivot and yeah. move away from the way their offices were set up, you know, even 10 years ago. Um, but a lot of them haven't changed the way their offices are set up for 35 years. Right. Like they, they're still following the same formula and yeah. they're, they're basically doing individual cost approach valuations on every single parcel Man. and not really doing anything in mass. Right. So getting them to understand that mass appraisal, it, you don't have to be a genius. Yes. You might have to hire a genius or contract out with a genius yes, yes, to yes. make sure everything's set, but you can contract out somebody for, you know, a third of what you can pay right. a full-time appraiser for yes. every year. And you can get the information and the yep. expertise that you need to set an appraisal and then apply a model. I think it's exciting, yeah. like, but we just need the leaders in the position that are willing to pivot from what they've always done and, and move forward. The, the future. Yeah. Makes sense. Makes sense. Jake, I'm curious, uh, this is tangentially related to what you just said. What, you know, how do you think about recruiting talent? Um, into a field like like you said that people like it's not most people are not traditionally aware of Yeah, so right now it's really easy to steal a fee appraiser. Okay, <laughs> if, <laughs> you're, if you're hiring um, But you have to look for the personality of a fee appraiser that can sit at a desk Okay, yeah, because a lot of fee appraisers are used to seeing a you know two o'clock movie or okay or whatever But my employees only work in the office two days a week and then okay. the rest of the time they're remote Nice, and so that flexibility attracts uh, some great people. That's cool. So um, you got to you gotta set your office up to have the flexibility right, right. to attract the talent. Um, we usually can't compete great with pay, yeah. but we can compete with benefits right. and uh, flexibility. And so if you have a leader who's, you know, fought their council or commission or their, you know, jurisdiction to get them to be able to work remotely yeah. and have those kind of um, opportunities. Everyone in my office, we only have a laptop. So we have docking stations at our home yeah. and at and at the I office. See, yeah, yeah. So they're able to log in and there's tracking software. You know, people are worried about productivity. I can see every single thing their computer does. <laughs> and I've only had to look into one person and that person got fired. <laughs> um, but, you know, there's tracking software out there that you don't have to worry about productivity. Yeah, like, yeah. And, and the truth is, if they're actually a working employee, yeah. Um, they're more productive at home because they're not having the conversations at the water cooler. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, and they're not, you know, screwing around with their friends at, right, right. at the office. So um, the productivity increases at home. So cool. do you think that's optimal? The like two days in the office, like kind of three day remote kind of pattern? Yeah, I do because you've got to have, we have a staff meeting every two weeks. Okay. So everybody comes in and that's when we do uh, birthdays and potlucks yeah, yeah, yeah. and, you know, like that kind of thing. And 
um, everybody's there and we're able to touch base and do training yeah. and introduce new products or new processes. Yeah. And then, um, then they work remotely the rest of the time. But, you know, everyone, I have a stipend for their cell phone, so they have to pick up. Yeah. We have a software that they call out from their cell phone. It shows the county number. Oh, cool. So everything's set up very well, thanks to my IT department. Um, to allow this work from home. And this started before COVID. So COVID was like, everyone else was scrambling to figure out how to, yeah, how to do this. get people yeah. working from home and be productive. And we were already set up and in a really good position. Right. So, and that just, before that time, I was getting crap from the council and oh, yeah? from administrators. Like, cause you know, some of the usually older right. people yeah. don't mean to be, discriminatory <laughs> but you know they they think if you're working remotely you're just playing video games yeah, or yeah, whatever yeah. they have yeah. this mental block that it's not productive but um covid kind of opened that door yeah, wider change things yes yeah so um yeah they they love it they love and then there's certain people that don't ever work from home really they they they're like i'm not good at working from home i yeah. know that yeah. so i i come in so the only time we don't see them is on a snow day yeah and we've had a lot of those this year. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Utah's been hit hard. Twelve That's inches in the last good lordy, like day, Jeez. and it's April fifth now. Nuts. So it's it's bonkers. Yeah. That's cool. That's cool. And it, it does seem like with remote, it's important. If you're going to be competitive at all, you have to accommodate different you know vectors for talent to work. And yeah. It seems like. And people have to know their own work personality. Right. Right. What you know. You and do, so you have to works. hire people and trust them and. Yeah, exactly. And, and say, you know, clearly we had one person, the person I terminated, he it was a great guy. I love him as a friend, yeah. like fantastic person. But like one day he literally logged in, clocked in, and then his computer went to sleep 15 minutes later. Yeah. And then at six o'clock he logged, logged in, yeah. clocked out, and closed his computer again. Uh, yeah. And it's like when I presented him with the evidence, you know, he tried to deny it, but... It's right there. It's right there. Yeah. 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 Yep. Yep. So, yeah. And, I, and to me, that's theft. So yeah, exactly. Like he just, he might as well have stolen from the cash register. Yeah, exactly. So, yeah. yep. Yep. Not good. Not good. That's cool. Well, um, Jake, you know, you're someone who's been quite successful in this industry. I don't what know about that. <laughs> I, 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 I think so. I think so. <laughs> um, what advice would you have for someone that's, that's uh, just coming online, just entering uh, like a role like yours? Yeah, so I, I think the key to success is uh, reaching out. In these assessors' offices, we often end up in silos where we only ask people in our office how they do things. Yeah. And one of the things I encourage my staff to do is to know two or three of the people in other counties. Gotcha. And every time they come across a problem, call that person and say, how would you do this? Yeah. Because there's, there's a lot of uh, reinventing the wheel that doesn't need to happen yes. in our offices because we don't reach out. We don't have these yeah. relationships. So send them to conferences and they make friends and I encourage right. them to get business cards and call those people because every, every time you're in a room, there's somebody doing something better than you are. Yeah. And most of the time they're willing to share, Definitely. you know, like we, uh, revaluing our storage units this year. Uh, so what did I do? I picked up the phone and called four counties and said, send hey, me you your, yeah, some of your process for revaluing these storage units. Yeah. And they sent me not only their spreadsheets that they do it in, yeah. but they sent me their data. Nice. So now I have the adjoining counties That's rents awesome. for storage yeah, yeah, units yeah, yeah. and I can compare that to so to my database of uh, you know, rents on those and expenses for all the other adjoining counties 
is now huge. And so when somebody comes into my hearing and says, you know, well, I don't charge that much. Yeah. And I'm like, well, here's the market rent on, right, right, right. you know, exactly. 45 other storage units yes, yes. in Utah, in our yeah. surrounding counties. And so yep. it's not my fault you're not charging exactly, enough. Exactly. So, yeah, I think picking up the phone, like having somebody who's right. not too shy to say, I don't know. That's helpful. That, that's, that's hard. There's a lot of pride in our business. And yeah. to just say, like, this isn't my area of expertise yeah, yeah. right now. I right. want it to be. And so I'm going to learn. Yeah. yeah. But most people are willing to spend an insane amount of time helping you if you're yes, kind you just ask. Yeah. and just ask. Because people like to be an expert. Exactly. So yeah. Definitely. Definitely. That's really wise advice. And I think more people should definitely, definitely copy that. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know about wise, but like I have, I have people here all the time. People will call me and say, well, how are you doing this? And I've said, I know I'm not doing it right. I'll share with you what I'm doing, but here's the guy, like, let's set up a, you know, yeah, Google yeah. with the guy who is doing it right. Yeah, yeah. And let's, let's let you teach him how to do it. Right, like, right, he'll right. teach you how to do it instead of you learning wrong from me. That's great. So love that. Love so. that. Well, uh, Jake, on that note, uh, thank you for coming on the show. Of course. And can people reach out to you? If yeah, they of course. Problems? Okay. Uh, my email is really complicated. It's <laughs> jake.parkinson at tooelaco.org. And Tooela is T-O-O-E-L-E-C-O.org. Awesome. Thank you, Jake. All right. Thank you, Will. Appreciate it. Thank you for listening to Assessment Matters. Come back next week for another episode. You can check out our website to find show notes, videos, tr transcripts, and more at valuebase.co slash podcast.